Good morning to all of you. Buenos dias a todos. I want to say a special good morning to those who are watching online right now on our live feed. We're so glad that you're uh, taking part in worship, and we hope you're engaging, not just viewing, but singing with us, listening, praying with us. Quiero saludar a los que están uh, mirando en línea. Gracias por su presencia también. Los reconocemos a ustedes allá y les agradecemos su presencia con nosotros. We are and so excited to have in our midst children. They are a blessing. And we want to send our children off to the children in worship time right now. Queremos que los niños van al tiempo de niños en adoración. So boys and girls, have a great time learning from God's word. And we older kids are also going to do the same. I invite you to find a copy of the Bible either on the back or on your phone or maybe you brought your own and that's a great thing to do too. Uh, les invito a que abran sus Biblias. We're in this series on Proverbs, and today's reading comes from chapter 22, verses 17 through 21. Vamos a mirar Proverbios 22, del 17 al 21. And I'd like to read this for you, this short reading, first in Spanish, and then we'll read it in English. Voy a leer primero en español y después en inglés. So let's listen to the inspired word of God. Esta es la palabra inspirada de Dios. Presta atención. Escucha mis palabras. Aplica tu corazón a mi conocimiento. Grato es retenerlas dentro de ti y tenerlas todas a flor de labio. A ti te las enseño en este día para que pongas tu confianza en el Señor. ¿Acaso no te he escrito 30 dichos que contienen sabios consejos? Son para enseñarte palabras ciertas y confiables, para que sepas responder bien a quien te pregunte. Pay attention and listen to the sayings of the wise. Apply your heart to what I teach, for it is pleasing when you keep them in your heart and have all of them ready on your lips so that your trust may be in the Lord. I teach you today, even you. Have I not written 30 sayings for you? sayings of counsel and knowledge, teaching you true and reliable words so that you can give sound answers to him who sent you. So here we are today at the midway point of this series on Proverbs. Estamos a la mitad de esta serie. And we're looking at Proverbs as the way to maturity. That's the goal. Ese camino hacia la madurez. So before we go forward, uh, I'd like to take a minute just to look backward to see where we've been. I love that illustration that Bill used of a puzzle. And we've been filling in that puzzle just a little bit. And I want to show you what we see so far. Antes de seguir adelante, vamos a mirar hacia atrás. In the first nine chapters of Proverbs, uh, we were introduced to wisdom. And we learned about wisdom. Los primeros nueve capítulos hablan de la sabiduría. And we saw that, that wisdom has to do with, as Bill said, the fear of the Lord. It has to do with trusting in God's ways and not in our own understanding, in our own ways. El temor del Señor es el secreto de la sabiduría, es confiar en Dios y no en nuestra propia inteligencia. And in those first nine chapters, wisdom is portrayed as this faithful, noble woman who invites us to come in 
invites us to come to her house, invites us into a relationship, invites us to eat from her table. La, la sabiduría es como una mujer que nos invita a su casa a comer de su mesa. And so that was the first nine chapters. And then, the last couple of weeks, we've been in chapters 10 to chapter 22, verse 16. And 10 a 22, 16, vemos algo diferente. In that section, that pretty large section, we find 375 proverbs attributed to King Solomon, the king of Israel. They're proverbs of Solomon. Hay 375 proverbios de Salomón, rey de Israel. And we learn from there that if we will go with the grain of those proverbs, the idea here is that if you go with the grain or with the way of wisdom that these proverbs are laying out, it will go well with you by and large. You're going to thrive. You're going to find abundant life. You're going to find shalom, which is wholeness, which is maturity. Si vas con la corriente de esos proverbios, vas a encontrar shalom, que es la madurez, una vida próspera. And many of these proverbs we looked at in that section, they, they have to do with everyday life. They have to do with the, the here and now, the, the horizontal. Tiene que ver con la vida cotidiana, but... If you go with the grain of these Proverbs, the idea is that they're going to orient you to the vertical. They're going to orient you to the eternal, to your relationship with God. Te van a orientar a lo vertical en una relación con Dios. They're going to orient you, as Greg said last week, to God's authority and God's plans and, and God's purposes, which are always greater. Te van a orientar a los propósitos de Dios. So that's where we've been. And now today, we come to a new section. It starts here in Proverbs 22, verse 17, and it basically goes to the end of chapter 24. Hoy comenzamos una parte que va del 22, 17 al 24. And in this section, we are presented with some Proverbs and sayings that come from the wise. That's all it says. Son Proverbios de los Sabios. Who are the wise or the wise ones? We don't really know. It's an anonymous source, basically. These are proverbs from various anonymous wise people, and, and their names are lost to us. We don't know who they are. Son proverbios de fuentes anónimas, de personas anónimas, y no sabemos quiénes son. But even though we may not know who these wise ones are, their proverbs are designed to help us know someone that we can know, and that is God. Nos orientan al Señor. In fact, again, in chapter 22, verse 17, it says, pay attention. Listen to the sayings of the wise. Apply your heart to what I teach, for it's pleasing when you keep these things in your heart. Presta atención, escucha mis palabras. Aplica tu corazón a mi conocimiento. El grato es retenerlas dentro de ti. So why is it good to pay attention to these words? What's the purpose behind them? ¿Cuál es el propósito? Verse 19. So that your trust may be in the Lord. Para que pongas tu confianza en el Señor. These proverbs are to help us to know and trust in God. Now there's someone speaking here that's saying, I, I'm giving these sayings to you. Alguien dice, yo les doy estas, estos dichos. Who is the I that's speaking in this first part? Well, Bible scholars 
believe according to the context that the I talking here is this father figure that has been cropping up in the book of Proverbs since the beginning. It's the figure of a father speaking to a son and giving wise advice to his son. Es un padre que da consejo a su hijo. And basically this father saying to his son, Son, I want you to apply these words of wisdom to your heart so that you can trust in God. You can see that these anonymous wise words are inspired by him. Quiero que apliques tu corazón a esto para que veas que estos, estas palabras son de Dios. And then what follows, we're told in verse 20, are 30 sayings. 30 sayings, it says in verse 20. Okay, sí que son 30 dichos según el 20. Have I not written 30 sayings? So these 30 sayings have been compiled together. And then if you look at chapter 24, verse 23, you find that after the 30 sayings, there's another group of sayings. It says, here's some more sayings of the wise. 24, 23 dice que hay un más dichos de los sabios. And as we look at these sayings, what we find is that they basically fall into two categories, with a few exceptions. Hay dos categorías. These sayings are talking about what wise people are to do and what wise people are not to do. Lo que deben hacer y no hacer los sabios. Let me see if I can give you some examples. For example, wise people are not to take advantage of the poor. No se aprovecha los sabios de los pobres. Chapter 22, verse 22, do not exploit the poor because they are poor and do not crush the needy in court. No explotes al pobre porque es pobre ni oprimas en los tribunales a los necesitados. Wise people also do not take on excessive debt. They don't take on loans they can't pay back, and they don't co-sign loans for other people who are foolish enough to take on too much debt. Ellos no, tienen, no se endeudan excesivamente ni firman préstamos para otros. Proverbs 22, verse 26. Do not be a man who strikes hands in pledge or puts up security for debt. No te comprometas por otros ni salgas fiador de deudas ajenas. What else do wise people not do? Wise people don't play with fences. In other words, wise people don't move their, their property lines over a little bit to gain more territory from their neighbor. No hueven uh, sus cercos para ganarse más terreno. And twice it's talked about. Chapter 22, verse 28, 22-28. Do not move an ancient boundary stone set up by your forefathers. No cambies de lugar los linderos antiguos que establecieron tus antepasados. And then in chapter 23, verse 10, 23, 10, do not move an ancient boundary stone or encroach on the fields of the fatherless. No cambies de lugar los linderos antiguos ni invadas la propiedad de los huérfanos. If you go on, it talks about other things. Wise people do not speak to fools. No hablan con los necios. Wise people do not envy sinners. No envidian a los pecadores. Wise people do not gloat over their enemies. No se regocijan por sus enemigos. Wise people do not look to take 
revenge. No tomen venganza. That's what wise people do not do. This is all bad stuff. And it's saying, don't go in, in that path. Don't go there. No vayan por ese camino. So then, what are wise people to do? Que deben hacer los sabios? Well, there's again a uh, number of things that you could look at. First of all, chapter 23, verse 22. Wise people listen to their parents. Escuchan sus padres. Listen to your father who gave you life. Do not despise your mother when she is old. Escucha tu padre que te engendró. No desprecias a tu madre cuando sea anciana. Uh, wise people do what they can to protect others that are in danger. They protect people from harming themselves. Los sabios protegen a los demás del peligro. Chapter uh, 24, verse 11, 24, 11. Rescue those being led away to death. Hold back those staggering towards slaughter. Rescata los que van rumbo a la muerte. Detena los que a tumbos avanzan al suplicio. And finally, as another example, but as one that I think kind of ties it all together. Wise people revere God and they respect authority. Respetan a Dios y a las autoridades. Chapter 24, 21, 24, 21. And here's that theme again. Fear the Lord and the King, my son, and do not join with the rebellious. Hijo mío, teme al Señor y honra al Rey y no te juntes con los rebeldes. So these are just some of the things wise people are to do and to not do. But this is more than just a list of do's and don'ts because there's an overarching theme that we can detect in this section. There's kind of a thread running through here that I want to look at. Hay un tema que abarca todo. And it's this theme that comes up right away in chapter 22, 17. Apply your heart. Apply your heart to what I teach. Aplica tu corazón a mi conocimiento. That same theme comes up again in uh, chapter 23, verse 12. Luego en 23, 12. 23, 12 says, apply your heart to instruction, to Torah, the law of God, and, and your ears to words of knowledge. Aplica tu corazón a la disciplina y tus oídos al conocimiento. It's this idea of setting your heart or fixing your heart or, or focusing your heart upon wisdom. That's really what all of this is about. Apply your heart, focus, fix your heart on what's wise. Hay que fijar o poner el corazón, enfocarlo en lo que es sabio. Now, in order for us to really appreciate what this is saying, I think we need a little lesson in anatomy. We need to understand the place of the heart according to the ancient Hebrew peoples because it's different than the place we give to the heart. El corazón es diferente para los hebreos antiguos. We, in our modern times, we tend to think of the heart as the place where our feelings come from. That's where our feelings reside. Pensamos en el corazón como el lugar de los sentimientos. And so, nowadays when you say, follow your heart, what are you really saying? You're saying, go with your feelings. Follow your, your feelings, your gut instinct. Sigue tu corazón, es seguir tus, tus sentimientos. That's not what 
the ancient Hebrews would say. You see, for them, the heart was not so much a place of feeling, though perhaps there might be feeling in there somewhere, but it was way at the tail end. El, el corazón no era lugar de sentimientos para ellos. The heart was rather the place of thinking and the place of the will or the commitment of a person. In other words, the heart is where your thoughts and your commitment, your will come together and they line up. Es donde los pensamientos y el compromiso de uno se alinean. And so to follow your heart for a Hebrew would be way different. To follow your heart would be to understand or grasp upon a certain truth and then to make a commitment to that truth that results then in an action, in doing something that shows that you are lined up with that reality. Es concebir una verdad en la mente y después comprometerse a actuar según esa realidad. That's what it would mean to follow your heart. So when we talk about applying the heart to wisdom, what are we saying? ¿Qué es aplicar el corazón a la sabiduría? It's about believing the right things. It's about understanding and believing the right things and then with the force of your will engaging in the right actions and the right commitments that show that you are trusting in that truth. Es creer las cosas correctas y después dar las acciones apropiadas como un compromiso a esa realidad. And, and so that's why when Proverbs, as Bill says, is about acquiring wisdom. How do you acquire wisdom? You don't just acquire wisdom by having good thoughts. It's not enough to say, I think patience is a good thing. I think love is a good thing. You don't know what patience is. You don't know what love is until you have committed yourself to being patient, to acting patient, to doing loving things. There's a difference. No es simplemente concebir una idea como en el amor, es actuar conforme a él. So if we're going to fix our heart on wisdom, it means that we are going to think and act in certain ways. And in particular in this section, there are three big traps that we need to avoid. Hay tres grandes trampas que hay que evitar. And in each of these traps, you're going to see something of the heart is involved. So let's take a look at them. Chapter 23, verse 19. 23, 19. Listen, my son, and be wise, and keep your heart on the right path. Y conmigo, presta atención, sé sabio, mantén tu corazón en el camino recto. Do not join with those who drink too much wine or gorge themselves on meat, for drunkards and gluttons become poor, and drowsiness clothes them in rags. Ni te juntes con los que beben mucho vino, ni con los que se hartan de carne, pues borrachos y glotones por su indolencia acaban harapientos en la pobreza. The trap that's being talked about here is the trap of gluttony and drunkenness. Se trata la gula y la embriaguez. It's simply the trap of eating too much, drinking too much. It's a big trap in our world today, but it's not a trap we 
really talk seriously about. We joke about it. Oh, I really did the buffet well, right? But we don't joke about it. What this is about is excessive behavior. Se trata del exceso. It's about addiction. It can be addiction to substances, but there's a lot of other ways to be gluttonous. You can be gluttonous with social media. You can be gluttonous with your telephone. There's all kinds of ways to get into excess. And this is saying, don't go there. Don't allow your heart to be pulled in that direction because it's going to leave you in rags. It's going to ruin your life. No permitas que tu corazón esté jalado en esa dirección. And then there's a second trap in chapter 23, 26, 23-26. And there it says, my son, give me your heart and let your eyes keep to my ways. Dame, hijo mío, tu corazón y no pierdas de vista mis caminos. For a prostitute is a deep pit and a wayward wife is a narrow well. Like a bandit, she lies in wait and multiplies the unfaithful among Men, fosa profunda es la prostituta, estrecho pozo, la mujer ajena, se pone al acecho como un bandido y multiplica la infidelidad de los hombres. Well, that trap is plain to see. It's the trap of sexual immorality. And again, this is a trap that, that we have in our day. It's a big pit. It's a big wide hole that people fall into. And frankly, this is not just talking about prostitutes and adultery. It's talking about a whole range of sexual behavior that is against the will of God. Es más que la prostitución son muchas, muchos comportamientos inmorales sexualmente. It's about online pornography, sexting, inappropriate flirting. There's all kinds of directions. And the Bible's pretty much an equal opportunity offender on this one. It's going to offend every single one of us on our pet sexual thing. La Biblia nos ofende a todos en cuanto a esta área. And again, what's this saying? Don't let your heart drift into this area and take over your actions. You'll fall into a pit and it will rob you blind. Que tu corazón no des se desvíe en esa dirección, te va a despojar. And then there's a third trap. Proverbs 24, 30. 24:30. I went past the field of the sluggard, past the vineyard of the man who lacks judgment. Thorns had come up everywhere. The ground was covered with weeds and the stone wall was in ruins. Pasé por el campo del perezoso, por la viña del falto de juicio. Había espinas por todas partes. La hierba cubría el terreno y el lindero de piedras estaba en ruinas. What's the trap here? The trap is laziness, idleness, la pereza. It's the addiction to comfort, to convenience, to complacency, es la autocomplacencia, la adicción a la comodidad. And again, this is an addiction that is all over our society and we fall into that trap as well. Caemos en esa trampa. Why go to the store when I can push a button and somebody will bring it to my door? Why cook tonight when somebody else can do that and bring it to my door? Now that's not bad once in a while, right? But we can become so addicted to comfort and convenience that we do not lift a finger, literally. ¿Por qué eh, 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 ir a la tienda si puedo tocar un botoncito y me lo traen en un paquete? Again, Proverbs is looking at this trap 
And it's saying it starts in the heart. It's about the heart. Verse 32, 32. I applied my heart to what I observed and learned a lesson from what I saw. Guardé mi corazón lo observado de lo visto, saqué una lección. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a bandit. Scarcity, like an armed man. Un corto sueño, una breve siesta, un pequeño descanso cruzado de brazos, y te asaltará la pobreza como un bandido, la escasez como un hombre armado. You eat out every night, you're going to go bankrupt. You cut corners at work, pretty soon you won't have a job. Or if you call in sick enough times. It's the trap of laziness. And the attitude begins with the, the heart. Hay que evitar la pereza. So all of these traps, if you look at them, what are they? They're the traditional traps. Wine, women, and song. Really? vino, las mujeres y el canto. It's about gluttony and, and sexual morality and laziness. But, but in the end, what the Bible's telling us here is the best way to avoid these traps is to fix your mind and to fix your will, to fix your heart and your desires and your actions, and your living upon the Lord. And that's how you demonstrate your trust in Him. Es fijar la mente, la voluntad, el cuerpo, toda la vida en el Señor para confiar en Él. It's a heart issue. It's about where you fix your heart. And Jesus says, where, wherever you put your heart, wherever your heart is, that's where your treasure will be as well. Donde está tu corazón, ahí estará tu tesoro, dijo Jesús. What are you treasuring? Are you treasuring the pleasures, the fleeting pleasures of these traps, or do you treasure wisdom? Atesoras estos placeres o la sabiduría. Now in this, it's easy to say, don't do this, don't go there. Here's the problem. You see, we can't avoid these traps. We fall into them all the time. Caemos en estos pozos. And the problem is this. If our hearts are not fixed, that is, if our hearts are broken and our hearts are sick, if our hearts are not fixed, they will fix and fixate on what is not good, what is unhealthy and sinful. Si el corazón no está arreglado, se va a fijar en lo que no es sano. And here's the bad news. All of our hearts are broken and sick because of sin. El pecado rompe el corazón. We all have a problem with our thinking and we have a problem with our commitment and a problem with our will and a problem with our acting. That's what sin is all about. Tenemos un problema de la mente, del compromiso de todo. In fact, the Bible talks about this in the book of Romans. I want to show you some verses from Romans that really outline the problem and the answer. In Romans 1.21, it's talking about the entire human race here. Romanos 1.21. And this is talking about humankind in general. It says, although they knew God, they didn't glorify Him or give thanks to Him. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. 
a pesar de haber conocido a Dios, ni le dieron gracias, sino que se extraviaron en sus inútiles razonamientos y se les oscureció su insensato corazón. What is that saying? It's saying the human race has a heart problem. Our thinking is twisted. Our hearts are foolish and dark. Nuestros pensamientos están torcidos, el corazón está oscurecido. And so even though we might be told what the right road is and where to go and what to do and what not to do, because we have a heart problem, because we have a heart condition, we don't have the ability to actually follow through and live in that way consistently. No podemos vivir de esa forma consistentemente. That's the problem that the Apostle Paul in Romans 17 outlines as he goes back and forth in his mind and he's saying, he's saying, I don't get it. The, the good I want to do I don't end up doing and the evil I don't want to do that's what I end up doing I see the hole a mile away and I still fall into it I see the traps I see the wires I see all the bells and whistles telling me I'm going to get it and I go forward anyway lo malo que no quiero hacer es lo que hago lo bueno que quiero hacer no lo hago and he goes back and forth like this and he says I don't understand and finally he just throws up his hands and says what a wretched man I am. Who can deliver me from this body of death, this mind, this mentality, this way of living? Que hombre más miserable soy, dice Pablo. ¿Quién me puede librar de este cuerpo mortal, de pecado? And the only answer he comes up with is in Romans 7.25. Thanks be to God. He delivers me through Our Lord Jesus Christ. Gracias a Dios, Él me libera por medio del Señor Jesucristo. You see, it doesn't matter how many sayings you have in front of you. You can have 30 sayings and more like we have in this section of Proverbs. We need wisdom that goes beyond sayings if we're going to have a change of heart and a change of life. Ocupamos sabiduría más que unos refranes y dichos. We need wisdom as not just a principle. We need to apply our hearts to wisdom as a person. Hay que aplicar el corazón a la sabiduría como una persona. Romans 13, verse 13, gives us a picture of this. Romanos 13, 13. It says, let us behave decently. Okay, sounds like a good idea. I'm not very good at it. Vivamos decentemente. And then it says this, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. There's all those traps we just talked about right in that section. No en orgías y borracheras, ni en moralidad sexual y libertinaje, ni en descensiones y envidias. Rather, Clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Más bien, revístanse ustedes al Señor Jesucristo y no se preocupen por satisfacer los deseos de la naturaleza pecaminosa. The way you apply your heart to wisdom is to put your heart on Jesus Christ or rather to put Jesus Christ on your heart. Hay que revestirse del Señor Jesucristo. I love this picture of being clothed in Christ, stripping off the other stuff, stripping off the other thoughts and the other commitments and putting on Christ. Hay que revestirse de Cristo y dejar lo demás. 
the picture that comes into my mind is of, of a little kid who's playing dress up at home and he's dressing up in mom or dad's clothing, right? We're putting on Christ and this is what it looks like in a way when we begin that journey with Jesus. Cuando comenzamos con Jesús, we, we put on Jesus' way of thinking and Jesus' way of living and we're saying, yeah, I want that. Jesus, I'm applying my heart to you and I want you to be applied to my heart and we don't do very well with that. The clothes are too big. There's no way we can fit the form of Jesus. But you see, this is what maturity is about. De eso se trata la madurez. As we walk forward with Christ upon us, the mind of Christ it, it coming upon our mind and the, and the person of Christ and the actions of Christ and the attitudes of Christ, we grow and, and we, we will never in this earth fill out those clothes completely. We won't. No vamos a llenar esa ropa completamente, but we're going to grow into that. And someday we'll be dressed with Jesus perfectly. Algún día estaremos revestidos el perfectamente. So in the meantime, as we kind of look like this, the challenge for us is to be renewed in our minds and in our desires and in our will. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about the old stuff. How do we do that? ¿Cómo hacemos esto? We need to be in this book. That's one of the places where it starts, one of the main places, which is why we're in this process of reading through the Bible again in two years, and I invite you, keep going. This is about every single day putting on the thoughts of God, His wisdom, la palabra de Dios. It's about growing in our understanding of who God is so that we can also live in the way that God wants us to live. And so in a way, this is about our theology, our understanding of God, coming to the light about who God is. Se trata de nuestra teología. And we're going to be talking about this more in coming months. And so as a part of that, uh, this morning actually, after worship sometime today, we're going to send, if you're on our email list, we're going to send to you our first ever sunrise theology survey we want to know what's on your mind and what you think about the truths of the faith and we want to invite you to take that online survey just click on the link if you don't uh, get it call our office we'll get your email address and send it to you queremos que puedan hacer esta esta encuesta la vamos a enviar en español a los que hablan español en estos días 35 questions it won't take long but the idea is we want to know where your heart is. And we won't look at individual responses, but as a group, we'll compile the results, and that'll be a part of our, our teaching ministry here in the next couple of months. Vamos a compilar los resultados y usarlos para la enseñanza de la iglesia. It's anonymous. It's free. But we'd like to know what's on your mind and what's in your heart. You see, Jesus Christ, here's the good news. On the cross, our sinful minds and hearts and bodies were delivered by Jesus delivering his sinless body for us. Nuestro cuerpo mortales fueron librados porque Cristo libró su cuerpo por nosotros, entregó su cuerpo sin pecado por nosotros. Because Jesus died, we can die to the old thinking. And Jesus is also risen. Jesús resucitó. 
What does that mean? It means because he's alive, we can put him on by the Spirit. We can be clothed in Christ. And we can begin, even today, we can begin to have new thoughts, new minds, new wills, new hearts. And someday the Bible says we'll even have new bodies, incapable of sinning, incapable of doing the foolish thing. Podemos ser renovados con la resurrección de Cristo en la mente, el corazón y algún día en el cuerpo. That's the good news. And so I want to encourage us all this morning. I'd like to take you to a point of repentance. And when I say repentance, I'm not talking about some emotions of feeling really sorry and disgusted at ourselves. I'm talking about a change of our thoughts, a change of our hearts, a change of our habits. El arrepentimiento se trata del cambio de mente, de corazón, de los hábitos. That we would embrace and put on Jesus Christ even as we strip ourselves of the old foolish ways. So would you pray with me? Vamos a orar. Lord Jesus, as Bill said earlier, we do not even begin to understand the wisdom you give us in your word, and particularly through Proverbs. We, we fail to even scratch the surface. No comprendemos el todo tu sabiduría, Señor. We just know we need your wisdom. Lord, in this moment, I want us to confess to you the ways that we have followed the foolish desires and thoughts of our heart this week this day and ask for your forgiveness. Te pedimos perdón por las maneras en que hemos seguido nuestros corazones y nuestros pensamientos insensatos. We thank you for your death and resurrection and we want to put you on, Jesus. We want to clothe ourselves in your righteousness because that's the only way we can be right with God. Queremos revestirnos de tu justicia para así estar bien con Dios. Thank you, Jesus, that you offer us yourself. You are the wisdom of God. You are the way and the truth and the life. Tú eres, Señor, la sabiduría de Dios. We embrace you. Renew us, we pray, in every way, in mind, in will, in body, in soul. Renuevanos en toda manera. We ask this in your name, Lord Jesus Christ. Gracias, Señor. Amen.